The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. Ebony had to do some real work today, so I'll be holding it down. And uh, first, want to thank you folks for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate it. Today, we are excited to have my friend. I'm a super fan, so if I get giddy, just, just, just ignore me. And remember that Amy Williams is here, and we have a special edition of Journey Unseen. And you probably said, what is that? Journey Unseen is a three-part series, features women in the community and their leaders. They share their unknown stories. You got that, Amy? Unknown. We got want, it, got it. <laughs> we want good So about their journey. So let's get into the unseen journey of Amy Williams. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How Excited you to be here. I'm I'm great. I'm great. Happy uh, coming off a good weekend of uh, after Fourth of July. So I'll take it. Excellent. Then uh, did you? Are you a fireworks person? I watch from a distance. Oh, a safe you, distance. You one of them. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Like how safe? Like a mile. Mm. I mean, you could see it like from the river or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> when was the last time you popped a firework? We won't talk about a oh. long time ago. Okay. Uh, you're not that old. <laughs> Quit trying to clown. Give us your name, title, what you do in life. Tell us about Amy. All right. So Amy Williams, uh, native Wichitan from many moons ago. Currently, I am the senior manager for global diversity, equity, and inclusion for Spirit Aerosystems. Um, moved away. So as I said, I was, I was with... Uh, Cargill uh, many moons ago, and and it's their fault I left Wichita. Um, <laughs> I went to their global headquarters, switched hats, and did uh, corporate social responsibility for about five years, and then uh, bebopped around, lost my mind, and went to the world of retail for a Mm-mm. few uh, <laughs> for a few years. Went to Illinois, the suburbs of Chicago, ended up in Charlotte, which I absolutely loved. Um, and then you know I always joked that you know we have a lot of loved ones here, friends, family, and. Everybody said, well, when are you going to come back to Wichita? And I was like, come back to Wichita to do what? And I always knew the one thing I wanted to come back and do was was kind of if I were to do anything would be the community role that uh, at the time, Brian Black, many people know Brian, mm-hmm. um, but Brian Black was in. And so when uh, they talked to him about taking on a new role in HR, uh, Debbie Gann, my former uh, boss, she's now retired, but Debbie Gann called my bluff. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up, they brought me back home. Excellent. Now, you said you went to Cargill uh, Corporate. That's Minnesota? Yep. Yep. 
Cargill's okay. global headquarters is in, well, technically YZ, uh, yeah. Minnesota, <laughs> but yeah, right out of Minneapolis. Okay. Of Minneapolis. Okay. And how long were you there? About five years. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was when I was in Wichita with Cargill, when I left, um, I was doing DE&I work then uh, for their oh, okay. animal protein businesses here in Wichita and then left. And as I said, switched hats, left HR, went to corporate affairs and start doing um, the community work for them, but on a more global scale. Okay. So, yeah. So, you grew up here? I did. East High Blue East, Wichita State oh, that's Shocker. A, that's okay. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I was, never mind. It's okay you went to East High. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, tell us about your title. I mean, it's long. It is a long so title. Yeah. Talk about that. Global. Yeah. I didn't. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. So, is it, so Spirit brought me back to do the community relations work, which I was doing for them the first five years I was here. And then um, just more recently, uh, actually in 2020, took on the DE&I work. So diversity, equity, inclusion, DE&I for short. Um, and, you know, my career has really been half and half, uh, half community or half DE&I and the other half community relations um, really what that looks like. It's funny. Everybody's like, what is your, what do you do? <laughs> like, I get that. I, I work with us all so that we play nice in the sandbox <laughs> together and that everybody's welcome in the sandbox. Right, right. So, um, you know, a little bit uh, like an internal consultant almost um, when you think about this work um, that you are partnering with our business leaders to really understand where are the gaps and opportunities, where um, we can help create uh, a more uh, inclusive uh, environment for our employees across the board that everyone feels that sense of belonging, feels like they have the equal opportunity and chance to succeed as, as anyone. So regardless of who you are, what walk of life you come from, you can come in and, and have that opportunity. Excellent. So we talk about spirit. And of course, we know spirit. We know Boeing before spirit. And we know this is home for spirit. Yep. Give folks the how big spirit is across the world. Yes, you know, it's interesting because only only spirit would go through a major acquisition in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. <laughs> so we acquired um, a part of Bombardier actually in um, the fall of 2020. Whoa. Um, which um, almost replicated our headcount um, in the or existing headcount. So when I, I would say when I joined Spirit, we were probably under 17,000. Um, and, you know, we were ramping up uh, hugely uh, as we were progressing up through 2019. Uh, Spirit got a little bit of a, what we call a double whammy with the 737 Max grounding, which was a huge chunk of our business. And then the pandemic. So, um, you know, coming out of, of uh, the pandemic, we were probably closer to around 10,000. And then you pick up a couple more thousand uh, with the, the acquisition. So it's uh, been an exciting move. It really um, expands our global footprint. It gave us uh, representation in Morocco, okay. in um, Northern Ireland, in Belfast. Um, and then uh, we have a little sales office in Dallas. And so, again, picking up extra sites, extra reach. Um, which is important as we continue to expand our footprint um, with customers, you know, across the globe. I just wanted folks to know your scope, how <laughs> how big Spirit is. Yep. But now yep. let's get to you. Uh, tell us about growing up and how that might have affected your leadership development. I mean, you went to East, so put that aside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, my mom probably would would say that I uh, grew up 
uh, quote unquote, a leader or, you know, as some might say, bossy, um, you know, mm. but uh, always very inquisitive as a young child. I, it's funny. I have, a, you know, a younger brother who is about seven years younger than me. And I will say that was probably my first leadership opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, he was no. always a good uh, willing to go along for the ride. Um, I was an oldest oldest child. Okay. So, you know, I think that I spent a lot of time in circles where you're with adults and you're somehow thinking you're one of the adults sometimes. Um, but I, you know, some of this really, I think, started to come into fruition as I got into college. Um, I think, you know, high school came pretty easy for me. And I don't, I think I just ho-hummed along and didn't necessarily do a whole lot of um, taking leadership opportunities, if you will. But once I got to college and, you know, you, I was on scholarships and it was kind of making sure that you were, um, getting the biggest bang for your buck while you were there and the value out of that. And a lot of that I can contribute to the Hispanic American Leadership Organization um, and really becoming involved there and eventually being their president in high school. And so just it was probably that initial exposure that helped, you know, realize that, yeah, you can have influence and help move people along for the benefit, their benefit even. I mean, and some of the things that we were able to, to accomplish together. Nice. So you've been a leader for a while. What's your definition, your definition of leadership? You know, I, I think it falls in in somewhere in that servant leadership space. I am, you know, when I look at the teams that I work with, uh, you know, building a foundation of trust and collaboration are important for me. Um, I want to always be seen as, you know, the person that is there with the team, alongside the team, not necessarily out front, always pointing the direction. So for me, it's important to to be a part um, of the a true part of the team. Excellent. I see why we get along. I love that servant leadership. What characteristic do you possess that is uh, most beneficial in your leadership? I know you got many, but let's do one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I would say adaptability. Um, you know, I look at you know, I I'm a big student of. You know, and I'm a big uh, proponent of strength finders. And one of my strengths is that adaptability piece. And I think we can have the you can have the best laid plans and tensions. But if you are not somewhat adaptable in terms of when current thing, you know, the current environment moves or switches or something new comes up as far as an opportunity you got to take advantage of. For, I'm able to do that. Um, I have to, I think, somehow sometimes be a little cautious of it as well. We don't want to go to run to the new next shiny new thing. Mm-hmm. But so there's that awareness that you, you need to have. But adaptability, I think, is pretty important. Uh, what is one problem or issue or challenge that you have overcome that has taught uh, your biggest lesson? Uh, maybe a little bit, even just on the self-confidence side, I think that, you know, um, my family is a blue collar family and I am first generation, you know, college student and in a corporate environment. And so when you think about people to help lead the way very early on, it's no one that you just naturally know in terms of your family network, there's, there's no one to kind of help lead that way. So you, you have to build trust and, and learn to, um, you know, lean on people that you build relationships with who you admire and who, you know, who you see as great leaders. When you turn that mirror around and it then becomes your opportunity to do that, 
you just kind of step back and say, okay, do I, do I have it? Can I do that? Is this the right direction? So there's sometimes a little bit of that trepidation. Um, one of my mentors years ago um, used to just kind of give me some feedback, which is as a true good mentor should, you know, that that was sometimes my biggest hurdle is that believing that I could. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Which was powerful. Yeah. Very much so. How do you deal with adversity when you have to make hard decisions? It's funny being a DEI practitioner. Um, there's never a shortage in terms of uh, courageous conversations that often need to be had around teachable moments, helping people increase their awareness around gaps or opportunities. Some of those very personal. Some of those are just by nature of the business. And so those conversations are often happening with people that are way more important than me. <laughs> And so, okay. you know, always, you know, sometimes telling the emperor that they have no clothes is, is, is not an easy task. And, and really, although some of that has to be a little bit delicate, you, you can't just go blast that from the rafters and giving, you know, that type of feedback. However, um, you know, very, you know, direct in the right time uh, has always been very uh, helpful for me or beneficial in terms of, and just being very, um, put yourself out there trusting and, and honest with the, uh, the feedback. How would you define courage from a leadership perspective? You know, it's that willingness to to do the right thing when no one's looking, which sounds so easy in theory. I just think, but such is something that many of us um, take for granted that just that we think just happens. But I think when when uh, sometimes that when things are at your disposal or you have the power or the authority or, you know, you're influenced by certain things, some of that is easy to lose sight of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's paying attention and I'll just put from my DE and I lens to make sure that, yeah, we're, we're being inclusive and where are opportunities and what's my role and responsibility to help make it uh, better. Where do, where do I have the power to influence change? And it's those types of things that are, you know, to me are courageous sometimes when you stand up in a, in a room full of your peers and be an ally or an advocate for someone that is missing from the room or someone who's not being heard and to call that out, um, I think is powerful. Excellent. How do you feel when you walk into a room and you're the only one that looks like you? That's normal. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 it used to bother me quite a bit in terms of just a comfortability. And maybe that goes into your self, you know, my whole self-confidence deal, right? Is that you're, you walk into a room and you don't see, um, you know, many women, many women of color. And you just think, well, you feel a little invisible sometimes. And so um, even just uh, not too long ago, one of my mentors, and, you know, I, I know I'm old, but I still have mentors and people that I, you know, admire to admire and look for advice and, and, uh, you know, her thoughts were around being more visible, be taking up more space and, and not being afraid to own, mm -hmm. uh, own that. And so I think, yeah, it can be a little intimidating for anyone, but if we don't enter the room, then we're never going to get anywhere. So we, we have to, we have to step forward and be willing to, to go. I agree. I agree. I just wondered how you felt about that. Yeah. I wish I could say, hey, it doesn't phase yeah. me and I don't notice it. Yeah. But that's, you know, it never seems to be the case. Yeah, you said, darn again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I get it. Uh, someone uh, was to ask you, what's your brand? How would you answer? What's the Amy Williams brand? 
You know, I'm uh, a collaborator. Uh, you know, I think I love and get energy working with a variety of different people to solve or to head a specific um, direction. Uh, certainly, you know, I you know, trustworthy, hardworking. That's a piece of who I am. But that goes overall. And, you know, if you put me in a corner of a room and you give me a problem to solve by myself, I'm going to I'm going to fester. But if I can, um, you know, meet with, talk to, work with um, a group of people that are different than me, exactly. um, you know, to get different ideas, thoughts, you know, then, yeah, I'm willing to jump in and roll up the sleeves and, and work hard on whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. And so wow. um, I, I really love and get energy from that. Okay. Brace yourself. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any insecurities as a leader? Um, my fingernails. <laughs> see, see, I, I bite my you, fingernails. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's an honest answer. You asked honest. I did. I did. <laughs> um, I you did. Know, but it is funny because you, I, I do my that and I just think, ah, oh, I do it when I'm bored. I do it when I'm deep in thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, just knock it off. No wonder you get COVID. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's not. Yeah, during a pandemic is not the time you want to bite your fingernails. Right. Oh, my there God. Go. <laughs> wow. Now, your ti- tell me your title one more time. Senior Manager, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, Global. So you're not doing inclusion. community relations anymore? Not anymore. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, with everything going on in this in our country in 2020 and really the heightened, um, not only awareness, but heightened need in terms of the focus on this work. Spirit has been on their DE&I journey since, you know, for years, I would say close to when we became Spirit because mm-hmm. Boeing was already doing this work. And certainly um, Brian Black left a very strong foundation uh, of this work. Um, But, uh, you know, as we move forward and, you know, we've went through a couple other leaders in between and and given the progress we needed to make, (laughs) um, then, yeah, just the heightened awareness and focus that we've I've now moved over and shifted and left corporate affairs. And now back with my HR brethren uh, and uh, fully focused on DE&I. Excellent. Well, as I make noise, as we say in radio, we <laughs> got to pay some bills. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll call myself out. <laughs> got to pay some bills. Let's take a break, uh, hear from our sponsors, and we will be back shortly with the unseen journey of Amy Williams. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit Evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. By celebrating our differences and developing an awareness of our unconscious biases, we can build the cultural competence to better understand our coworkers and clients. BKD CPAs and Advisors is working to build an inclusive environment where everyone is empowered and unique perspectives are valued. Visit BKD.com to learn more about BKD, our culture, and how our Sky Diversity Initiative aims to create a level playing field for everyone. Martin Pringle is a proud supporter of the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce Journey Unseen program and of Wichita women who are moving business forward building women up, and forging their own path. Learn more at martinpringle.com. The Journey Unseen program is brought to you by Fidelity Bank. Our next move will shape the future of Wichita. Let's lean into the challenges, 
and believe in the promise that progress holds. Together, we move bravely onward. We are back with Amy Williams. She's telling her unseen journey. Let's get into expectations. How do you manage expectations of others? You know, it's interesting. Um, Early on in my career, there was, uh, I think, often some communication opportunity from my end. In my head, it might be clear on um, what you wanted someone to do or what the thought was, but um, not always clearly articulated. And and so certainly that was some some learning growing up and, and, and through the ranks and uh, some of the disconnect there. And so whether it's with my team or with a business leader, it is really sitting down together to come up with what are what's realistic expectations in terms of whatever we're working towards, project, goal, you name it. And together we then identify, okay, who's going to own what and uh, take it and run from there. What do you do to uh, keep inspired, keep motivated? DE&I work is hard work. Um, you know, it, it's work that, you know, as I said, sometimes doesn't feel uh, very gratifying. You're, there are days when you just want to bang your head in the wall, and I don't mean that any, it's not, I think, any special to, to Spirit or any other. I've done this work at other employers, other industries, um, but it's that awareness piece of, you know, the continuous moving people uh, forward on their on their journey in this space. And so sometimes it feels a little, if I have to one more time explain this or what about that, or um, it's tough. And you see certainly people, um, you lose good people, good talent uh, for silly reasons. And so when I think about what inspires me or, you know, getting into this work overall, it is exactly that, you know, when I, when I look at uh, people in the work environment who are very talented and can contribute so much yet, it goes untapped or, or, you know, we don't engage those folks to give us their thoughts and their ideas. And, and again, they become invisible. And so it's those moments when you see um, the light bulbs click. It's those moments where you see um, people uh, becoming uh, fully engaged or that awareness grow and the change starts to happen that really keep you going and doing this work. It's important work. And, and I think, you know, yes, someone needs to do it and focus on it. But uh, it's when you see the talent um, and the organization move forward in terms of its inclusion are certain leaders, uh, very valuable. And it just, it, it drives the reason to keep doing this stuff. Let's unpack that a little bit. How long did it take you to decide you wanted to do DEI? Ah, that's a good good question. <laughs> it was begrudgingly, you know. So when I was at Cargill, I, you know, very junior, and I started with them doing um, recruiting, and I had uh, redid their college recruiting process for the you know Meet platform, and um, was doing some experienced recruiting, and by the, you know I had did recruiting at another gig and I had had my fill of recruiting. And so I was talking to my leader about, okay, so what, what's next? What else can I do? You know, I'm an HR major and um, I thought maybe somewhere in the L and D department or, or do something different. And Cargill's a huge organization, mm-hmm. so lots of opportunity. And he said, well, before you start looking there, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, creating a new role around DE and I, and we think you'd be a great fit. And, I, and at that point, they had just really started in Wichita on their journey. And I just was like, Ugh, mm. I'm not sure if I want this. And, and it was that, you know, being very junior, 
Um, You're just like, well, why are they going to listen to me? Uh, I'm young. I'm a person of color. I'm a woman. I'm all these things. Right. And you just wonder, you know, well, they're going to look at me and think, well, of course, of course it matters to her. She, she, you know, um, good point. And so there was that apprehension. and, And maybe that's, as I said, very junior in my career, uh, that that self-confidence piece, that's what, you know, will they listen? Will, you know, will I have the influence needed? And I think in any leadership role, um, you know, really influence is key and people have to be able to go along on the journey with you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, I guess luckily, yeah, I took the, took the step forward and, and took on the role, but it, and it stuck with me. I mean, as I said, it, it resonates with who I am. There are sometimes that I think, yeah, I was probably born to do this work <laughs> right, right. as much as sometimes I feel like, you know, yeah, you, you got to do the dance and, and um, bring people along. Um, that's a piece of it. And and it's a it's a skill, I think, that not everyone um, can do, but it is something that I'm uniquely situated to do growing up, you know, biracial, growing up. Um, you know, certain generation, it just gives you a different appreciation and you can see life from different lenses. I always joke that not many people could um, go to a fiesta one day and then a Baptist revival the next day and, and, and see the different lenses, the different worlds. And for me, that's just a part of my norm. Nice. And, and so helping people see other worlds is kind of what I do. <laughs> Excellent. But you're doing it on a you're doing it on a global scale, you know, you're not like Try doing it. it with, I mean, how do you do that? I take it you got folks in different regions of the world helping you. Make oh, spot, you name right? it, you name it, that. And then you think about, you know, the world of those that are differently abled. I mean, there's just so many things, LGBTQ mm-hmm. and um, different voices that can be brought forward and, and brought to the table in terms of different perspectives where people have traditionally been underrepresented. Um, in our communities. And and so when I think about it from a global perspective, I always talk about there's a continuum of where we are on our DE&I journeys. And it, it's not a good or bad, right or wrong place. It's just, you know, you may grow up where every, you're just not exposed to a lot of difference and maybe you're not naturally attracted to difference. And so therefore, you know, you grow up with a, a very, you know, um, sheltered view in terms of, you know, everyone looks like you, everyone's similar religion as you, similar generations you're hanging out with, you know, all the sameness. Right. And so that's really that awareness where you're um, subconsciously kind of incompetent. You don't know what you don't know. And and then as you, you know, we, we go to college, we go to, you get in your work environments, you're around more and more different people. You know, you may travel a bit, you start to become what I call um, consciously incompetent. You're more on that kind of the action piece. You're growing your awareness, you're learning, and then really the goal is is the integration piece and and, real, and and where that gets to from a personal perspective is that it's embedded into who you are, um, how you go about your day to day from a company perspective. It's embedded into your into all of your work environment, your processes, all those things. Uh, integration is really the the goal. But at the same time, I would say integration is almost like that goal that you'd never quite get to because you, you mentioned the global piece and Yes, on a U.S. level, from many aspects, I would say I'm integrated. But on a global perspective, there is still a huge opportunity for learning um, and a, an awareness for myself. And so that's kind of as I said, part of the beauty of this work is that even as I sit and eat, live and breathe this stuff every day, there's still always room for me to grow and learn a different perspective and that 
you know, I'm human too. And so, you know, when we talk about DE and I work, often we talk about being willing to get out of your comfort zone and being willing to, um, you know, that you're going to step into it sometimes mm-hmm. and you're going to get into the mucky conversations. I do that as well, you know, and and have been uh, given feedback on certain things where maybe I've missed um, an opportunity or where I've said something that hit someone in a, in a wrong way. Right. And so yes, um, yes. I'd have to be willing to hold up the mirror and recognize that um, what I'm saying, what I'm doing also has that opportunity to learn and grow versus someone else. And so I mentioned our new acquisition, um, but like, mm-hmm. so Northern Ireland, yeah. Make sure you got to say Northern Ireland. It's not just a part of Ireland. Um, oh, wow. So, okay. Yes. And then so there's always this continuous learning. That's the cool thing I think that I love about this work is that you can, um, there's different aspects and what DEI means to different parts of the, the regions, the world. Um, there's always a, a new aspect. Excellent. So. With what's going on in the world today, as far as heightened awareness of inequity and this, that, and the other, is that easier for you to do your job? or no, or not? You know, I would say that today, and that's some of the things that is a little disheartening, you know, where I say this work is hard work, and, and more so today, I feel like the polarization of where we are as a country, and I'm talking more U.S. specific, exactly. right? And that so often um, we quickly want to go political, we quickly, and there's differences, in, and I and like I joked at work, you know, this past political season uh, in terms of, you know, presidential elections, I'll say we value our Republican employees just as much as we value our Democrat nice, employees, nice. and we need them all to come to work Correct. and be engaged and work hard and, you know, all and, and come to this common understanding of respect uh, across the board. So when I think about where the world is today, just this unwillingness sometimes to come to the table and have the conversation, um, we I wouldn't be valuing diversity if I wasn't willing to sit at the table and necessarily have an open conversation with someone who didn't agree or didn't have my same values. Um, I, the goal is not necessarily that we all think the same or that we all head down the same path in, in this work. Um, the goal is that we all at least have a conversation about it exactly. and are willing to at least look at what, you know, what does the greater good look like um, for us and how do we together work at making that happen? Excellent. Um, but it's a balance. It's a balance because it, it gets very personal, very quick. And people um, want to, you know, if if I if you, if you call something out or if something's in a, a disagreement with them, it, often the feeling is that, you know, you're telling me I'm wrong right. or I'm right and you're wrong. And there's, it's not that it's just, it's different points of view, different perspectives. Um, but it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there you, is, you, you know, okay. And I will also say, and in all candidacy, cause there is that little, <laughs> there are some behaviors and expectations and things that are just flat out that unacceptable in our mm-hmm. work environments and mm-hmm. even in our greater communities that we just can't have. Right. Um, and, and so I don't want to, make it too lala, you know, rosy glasses mm-hmm. or, you know, but so there are some things that, yes, we need to have some hard parameters around right. and, and, you know, so. I anyway. thought the key word you hit was polarization. I mean, that's, that's like on steroids. Very much, very much. Thank you for that. What community asset has been helpful in your leadership development? A program, an organization? You know, I'm going to go old school Uh-oh. and I, it's, it's actually it's a sadness or a miss for Wichita because we don't have it anymore. OK, so as I said, I'm, I moved away for about 10 years. But before I moved and when I was entering into this work, I um, had the 
the privilege of being a part of Diversity Kansas, which was formerly national or NCCJ. So Ex- yes, yeah. okay. yes. Okay. There, and for those who don't know NCCJ, it was a, a civil rights organization that started, gosh, I think clear back in the 50s. And it used to be called National Conference of Christians and Jews. Right. And then somewhere in like the 80s, I think they changed, and don't quote me on these timeline, but they changed their their name to National Conference mm-hmm. of Community and Justice. And then, so we had a Wichita, we had a Wichita chapter or organization, and then um, they left NCCJ and they became their own. It was ran by Sue Sue Castile. Uh, May she rest in peace. Great leader in our community. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, Gone too soon. Um, But she, she helped stand Diversity Kansas up. And so as a company doing this work in Wichita many moons ago, um, we partner with them doing some really good work. That's how I actually got to know Brian Black back then. He was okay. at the Urban League and, and right. doing work with them there. And uh, Diversity Kansas had a youth leadership institute where I was, what quote unquote, voluntold mm-hmm. to go uh, volunteer for a week. And it was funny when I was told, I was just like, I don't even like kids, let alone <laughs> high school ones. And you're making me go live with them for a week at, at Butler. You know, we, we did it out on Butler campus. Uh-huh. But, you know, it actually ended up being... Um, some of the most rewarding work I've ever done um, where, you know, kids are just that much more open and malleable. I mean, at the same time, they're not afraid to give you your, their, give you their thoughts and opinions and ideas about things. And so working with them throughout a week, putting them through um, lots of different scenarios to challenge their thoughts and their perspectives in the world that they thought they knew um, and to see the light bulb click and to see how, you know, hopefully it's those things that inspire you to create, that you're creating change for the greater good. Um, that as they go out into the world, what are they going to then go to and be more aware of and, and be allies and advocates for? And so um, that was very uh, empowering, very rewarding. Um, so yes, did some of that work internally to the organization I was with as well, but mm-hmm. um you know, it's sad that, as I said, that organization no longer exists for, for, in Wichita. But I do think that we have um, aspects uh, of that that are coming to the surface in terms of some of that work. Do you think it could start up again? With the right leader, I do. I do. And I, it's interesting. This this work is so cyclical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've often had leaders ask me, well, you know, when do we think we'll get there? Um, or I've heard people refer to it as a marathon and believe it or not, back in the day, I've ran some marathons right. and, and even marathons have ends, right? Correct. I mean, they, they come to an end at 26.2 miles, right? And so, <laughs> but I really don't, I'm of the philosophy and maybe you just want to call it that, you know, job security, I'm looking for job security, but right. no, it doesn't end. Uh, you know, we're human. And the moment that we stop paying attention to these things, the moment that we think we have it um, is when something else comes up and that we need to pay attention to or need to take another look at. And so uh, to make sure that we're not slipping and backtracking, when I think about the civil rights movements or other movements in our country even um, and where we are today, uh, there's still progress to be made. And Mm -hmm. so it's a continuous effort have to ask this question. As a female leader, where have you faced resistance in the professional world? I, there, there's a piece of me that would like to believe that that has never happened. And I would say blatantly, I can't tell you that I've felt it. 
Okay. But at the same time, I'm also the person that looks at the numbers and organizations and see where the opportunities are. And so there are times when I don't feel like, uh, you know, yeah, you, I've, I've been heard or, or maybe, you know, you have an opportunity to do um, something and you're not given that fair chance. Again, don't know that that's ever for fact happened, but sometimes you wonder. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I've had the privilege of having some very strong female role models. There began. There you go. She, yep, yep. Yes, <laughs> I came. That's to say, it's her fault. I'm back. I, I came back to work for her, I, and I didn't know her very well then. But yes, very strong. Uh, you know, female leaders that have helped. I feel like pave the path that, yes. to say that if you want it, you can go. You can go get it. Um, yes. So. Excellent. Debbie is so, so yes. cool. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, I'm a man. huge fan. Another fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about your biography. What would the title of the book be? Oof. And who would play you in the movie? Uh, that, you know, you threw me for a loop. The Ooh. name of my bi- biography would be um, <laughs> Hot Mess. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm always running around a bit of a hot mess. Is that what an exclamation point or (laughs) not? Yes. (laughs) And I'm going to give it to, um, and I always say I'm, I'm, I'm her chunky older sister. Um, (laughs) what's the girl on, uh, and now her name escapes me. She's in the fast and the furious and she's, um, Michelle Rodriguez. Her, Yes. I've had a few people, and I, as I said, sometimes it's like, yeah, we all look alike. Anyway, <laughs> but the, say that I look like her. So, but she's, I, yeah. yeah. Maybe if I lost about a hundred pounds, and you know, you know, ten years I think younger. That's Michelle but, Rodriguez. Yes, I think so. Okay. Maybe something like that. I'll pick her just because. Let's pick her. You yeah. know, there you go. She, she's cool. <laughs> she's cool. And she says what's on her mind. I appreciate yeah, she that. She does. <laughs> I appreciate that. Says so that scripted or did that just kind of right. roll out? <laughs> Excellent. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. Got a little fun thing for you, a little Uh-oh. word association. You just, I give you one word, you give me one back. It's not wrong because it's your word, right? Okay. Excellent. Leader. Mm, Martin Luther King. Failure. Try again. Success. Happiness. The chamber. The connector. I know you're back, but Wichita. Home. Vacation. Global. Hero. My mother. Family. They're like a warm blanket. Fun. Uh, Travel. Last but not least, beverage. Two words. Old fashioned. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, we truly appreciate you being on the show, Amy. Like I said, you already know I'm a fan. I'm a disciple. I'm whatever you want to call me. Ditto, <laughs> sir. Ditto. Not where I feel, you know, you're the one being honored. In this uh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just honored to be on the other side of the table. Here we so go. I appreciate here it. we go. <laughs> well, that's our show for today. Thank you, Amy, for telling us your unseen journey exclusively here on the WCBA. Friends, we drop a new episode every Wednesday morning. So don't forget to like us, love us, share us. So until next time, peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.
The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.